Zambia, Central Sub-Saharan Africa. Landlocked, home to the Big Five, the lion, rhino, leopard, elephant, and buffalo. More than 70 different dialects, many of which belong to the Bantu linguistic family. Africa's second largest producer of copper, Lake Karima, the largest man-made lake in the world in terms of volume. Known for the world's largest curtain of falling water. We might call it Victoria Falls. Though here in Zambia, the people refer to it as Mosi Oatunya, the smoke that thunders. Zambia is also one of the poorest countries in the world and one of the most affected by AIDS and malaria. Which is why the Power of Love Foundation has chosen to work here in Zambia because they have a passion for finding and providing innovative solutions in healthcare education, and entrepreneurship. They provide care for children and mothers with HIV. They teach communities how a woman can give birth without passing the disease to her newborn child. How to prevent mosquito-borne illnesses. They bring effective, practical strategies for overcoming immense challenges. So of course, it's my honor to introduce you today to Alka Subramanian, founder and director at a foundation where they insist on delivering hope because they care for the people of Zambia and because they believe in the power of love. where adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is the Edge of Adventure podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is the Edge of Adventure. Great to have you with us. Of course, my name is Adam Asher, and my very special guest today is Alka Subramanian. 
and she's joining us from the Power of Love Foundation. They're doing great work in two countries in particular, in Zambia and in India. First of all, Alka, welcome to the program. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for inviting me. I have actually listened to a few of your podcasts, and I truly enjoyed each and every one of them. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, it's an honor to know that you listen, and it is an honor to get to know you today and to be able to share a little bit about this wonderful vision and the work that you guys do. As I've researched your organization, Power of Love Foundation, I know there are many different areas in which you work. But let's talk big picture, though, to help the audience know the heart and soul of Power of Love Foundation is what? That's a good question. The heart and soul of our foundation is the provision of healthcare and to, and women's empowerment in Zambia and India. We are a small organization and we do things a little bit differently And uh, because we see ourselves really as an innovation lab. And what I mean by that is that we build models and try to find new ways of solving problems. And then we test and implement those solutions. For example, we have built a model of care that provides healthcare services to a large number of children with a relatively small budget. And we've been running that model for the past 20 years. Alka, you, you said that you guys are a small organization. Okay, convince me. Because when I look at all the different things that you're doing, I think it's amazing, truly. First, this focus on healthcare, okay? Uh, and that's one of the, the focuses that you guys have. What are the needs right now? If you look at uh, Zambia, you look at India, what are the needs in each of these locations? Are they the same and or how do they differ? Well, uh, there is a huge need for a pediatric HIV care program and a women's empowerment program in both countries. And uh, we our pediatric HIV care program, which is really uh, the cornerstone and the focus of all our work and everything else evolved from there to what we have right now. It provides food, medicines, education, you know, adherence support, school support. And really our goal with this program is for no child to ever develop AIDS so that the current generation is AIDS free. And believe me, it is possible. We also have an elimination of vertical transmission program with the idea that no child is born with HIV so that the next generation is HIV free. And uh, the needs in both countries are similar, though we have different models in the two countries that we work with because the way they are structured. Alka Subramanian is my guest today. Very special guest. She's the founder and the executive director at Power of Love Foundation. You can look them up online at powerofloveorg Org. One of the things I think that makes your organization unique is the degree to which you involve the families. So as you seek to improve the healthcare, your emphasis and your involvement of the entire family is important. Explain to me why. At the time that we started this work, the year was 2000, AIDS, the epidemic of HIV and AIDS was at its peak. And the AIDS medication or the antiretroviral medications were too expensive for most people in sub-Saharan Africa to be able to afford them. It was a little bit similar here too. They were really expensive. Uh, children who were born with HIV had a life expectancy of just four to five years and pediatric doses were not available. Uh, you know, and we had uh, young children at the time and we strongly believe that healthcare should be available to all children irrespective of where they live. So 
we also knew that the number of children who are living with HIV is so large that you really, and children were being orphaned. Um, there are about uh, 1 million orphans living in Zambia at this time. So you cannot really build enough institutions to house them. If the family can provide care, and if we can support the family in caring for the child, that would be a better solution than you know building institutions or orphanages. It was just not possible. So we really involve the family, we train the family and educate the family in HIV before we enroll the child. And we kind of push the, fam the caring of the child to the family so that the whole family is involved and we support the family. And that has worked really well for us and with the African culture. Alka, what type of care do these precious babies and children born with HIV, what type of care do they require? In addition to just the loving and a supportive environment at home, they require medicines, of course, but medicines, just provision of medicines is not enough because, you know, medicines need to be supported with food and uh, school support and education and training in adherence. So these children and their families really require training in how to care for an HIV positive child, education in HIV, regular monitoring of the child. So that's why we built a model that are, allows us for us to visit the children in their homes, you know, take their vitals, have a discussion on the health of the child uh, with the caregiver, with the primary caregiver on a, you know, on a weekly or a bi-weekly basis. And uh, once the child is old enough, make them understand the importance of adherence to medication. Actually, it starts with the family caregiver. The family has to understand that the medication has to be taken regularly. And when we are looking for adherence, we are not looking for 70%, 80%. We are literally looking for close to 100% adherence. Otherwise, the health of the child can be compromised in a huge manner. So the family has to understand the need for this compliance with the medication regimen. And as the child grows older, they also need to be educated. And once they understand it, you know, it becomes easier. Alka, for those of us who are not as familiar with the current crisis in Zambia, put this into perspective. How big of a problem is this children being born with HIV? Without intervention, uh, the life expectancy of a child who's born uh, HIV positive is just four to five years. But uh, with intervention, with the proper education and training and food and medicines, you know, the child can live a normal life as it is in other developed parts of the world. HIV is not a death sentence in the developed parts of the world anymore. And we want the same to be true for children growing up in sub-Saharan Africa and India. So there's so many different things to talk about. I think I've established that. I've got one more question in particular that relates directly to HIV. You said one of the things that you work toward is the prevention of what is called vertical transmission. So a, an HIV positive mother preventing the child from also being HIV positive. How does one do that? Once we know that the a lady who's HIV positive in our program and she's expecting a child, we immediately put her on what we call the elimination of vertical transmission protocol, which means that she has to adhere to our ARV medication, take the drugs as specified by the doctor, and as she gets closer to pregnancy and during birth, she will be given a drug that cuts the transmission of the HIV 
from mother to child. So it's just that the mom has to be aware of her HIV status and continuously take the medications that are required for the child to be born HIV free. And we've had huge success in our program. None of the children uh, in the last seven, eight years who have been born to HIV positive moms in our program have, are HIV positive. And this is possible for the next generation to be HIV free. I strongly believe that. This is The Edge of Adventure. And my guest today is Alka Subramanian. And she is the founder and the executive director at Power of Love Foundation. And we're learning today about Zambia, their work in Zambia, and also in India. Alka, you did mention that this heart for healthcare and these types of things was a key part of the founding and sort of a key principle and a key area of focus for Power of Love Foundation, but that you then found other needs, you encountered other needs, and you you found other ways to help to improve the communities and ultimately the culture. As you look at the program that you all have, you mentioned women's empowerment. I'm sure there's a variety of different ways that you address this, but one that I would want to bring the attention of the audience to is the micro loans, helping them to what, start businesses? Yes. We discovered pretty soon after uh, starting uh, Power of Love that poor health is not an isolated phenomena. It is linked to poverty. It is linked to social and cultural uh, norms. It is linked to inequality. And most of the families of our children, they did not have a regular source of income and the women had very few marketable skills. So just provision of food to one child in the family is simply not going to cut it or going to be a, you know, a sustainable, will not go towards making the family sustainable. So we started the microloans program with the idea of training women in business, providing them with support and providing them with loans so that they can start businesses. And earnings from these businesses help pay for necessities such as food, medicines, rent, and most importantly, school expenses. Alka, another very interesting aspect, again, I think of it from the perspective of those who are in the West and maybe we don't deal with these challenges here for whatever reason. Malaria, for example, is malaria a factor in the areas where you work? And if it is, how do you combat it? So malaria is a huge problem in sub-Saharan Africa and in Zambia in particular. We lose a, a child every two minutes to malaria, which is unacceptable because malaria is both preventable and curable. And even if a child recovers from malaria, they have an impact on their immune system because their immune systems are still not developed throughout their life. So if a child goes through malaria once or twice in their lifetime when they're young, if this, even if they survive malaria, their health has been compromised for the next several years. And like I said, since it's both preventable and curable, there is no reason for malaria to be even in existence. And we strongly believe, and the UNAIDS also believes that Zambia can be malaria-free in the next three or four years. So to that extent, we have a malaria prevention program. We just completed the provision of 50,000 nets over the last few years. And this year, we provided 15,000 nets to families so that people can be malaria-free. One of the outcomes of this uh, program is that none of our children contracted malaria and none of our families contracted malaria. Alka, of course, 
Power of Love Foundation as you work in Zambia and in India, as we have established, you are so focused on the healthcare and the health of the children and the families and ultimately the communities. So you, you can't really have a conversation about healthcare in the modern day and age without bringing up the current pandemic and talking about COVID. How has that fight changed or altered what you all do? In some ways, COVID made us stronger. I can say that now, having you know, devised ways to combat um, the pandemic. Uh, last year, in April 2020, uh, when the pandemic hit, it was truly concerning. It was really scary um, for us here at the, the Power of Love team. Because our children are all HIV positive, they're immune compromised, the families are immune compromised for one reason or the other, and even the women's businesses with the COVID restrictions, they could have all have gone under, so it was a truly scary situation. However, we came out stronger because what we did is we made a number of uh, programmatic uh, changes. We uh, switched from a home visit in-person model to a telehealth model. We made sure that all families had phones, we created a calling tree and uh, we are now, uh, and we trained our staff. So we are now actually, we have ended up monitoring our children and our women's businesses more closely than before. Some of the changes we made were, for instance, we uh, ensured that families collected their medicines for a six month time period, as opposed to a one to three month period so that they can uh, reduce clinic visits. We made sure that children all had their viral load results from the government clinics. And uh, we added uh, COVID education workshops and provided PPE to all our staff and families. So this is uh, how we came out stronger after the pandemic. And all our children are doing well, and none of them contracted COVID. This is The Edge of Adventure. That's the voice of Alka Subramanian, and she is the founder and the executive director at Power of Love. So we're talking about their work today. They work in India, and they also work in Zambia. You mentioned education, right? It, when it comes to these different challenges, it's important to educate the individual, educate the families and the communities. I know that education in general, education of these precious kids, that that's something that's important to you. Talk to me about that. Also, the Young Stars program. Those are the two things I see working hand in hand how are you helping with the education in these communities? And then how are you helping to mentor these kids and show them the way to a better future? If I was to sum up all the focus of all the work and the programs that we have is it's really can be summarized in just two things. We want our children and families to be healthy and we want our children to be in school or educated. To that extent, once the food and the medicines and the health monitoring and the adherence training and education is taken care of, we wanted to make sure that the families are able to pay for school expenses and the children stay in school. So at this time, 95% of the children who are eligible for school are in school. We provide them with school support, which is uh, fees, uh, funds for school bags, shoes, and uniforms. Now, the good news is that from January of 2022, there is going to be no school fees required. The Zambian government has taken school fees off the table, even for secondary and higher schools. Elementary schools were always free. So that means that it will be a huge benefit to the families and all of the children can attend school. 
Also, once we found that there were few children who were really keen on school, they were extremely bright, they were doing well, but as they entered secondary school and higher grades, their families were not able to pay for their fees, plus their families were having, you know, difficulty in just putting even food and paying for rent. So we selected a few children for our Young Stars program. And in addition to the food and medicines, and we also provide them with rental support and some expenses, we mentor these children on a one-to-one -one basis. It's like a big sister, big brother program. So a couple of our healthcare team members visit these children. I mean, now it's mostly over phone over the last 18 months, but visit them twice a month ask them how they are doing at school, meet with the school teachers, get their school progress and academic reports, make sure that they are prepared for their exams and that during COVID that they were not uh, lagging behind. So that uh, the children are doing well, they're uh, graduating high school. We have a number of high school graduates in our program now. And another way we work with the children is we invite our children who, have, who are now 18 or older who have been on the program to come back and mentor the young children. So that's how our school support and school education program works. Alka, what would you say makes Power of Love Foundation unique? I would say one is that our staff, 90% of our staff lives and works in the areas that we work in, both in Zambia and India. Most of our staff lives and works there. So they are embedded in the communities, they know the challenges faced by our families, and they can understand them at a personal level. And the families have no hesitation in sharing information about the health of the child and some sensitive topics, because as the child grows older, we do have to touch on STIs and sex education and safe sex practices. So the same community health worker being with the child for the last four, five, six, seven years enables the child and allows the child to be frank and express or have or discuss questions on sensitive topics with our team. Two is we don't compete. In some organizations I know actually compete with the local organizations. So we work with churches, we work with the government uh, health clinics, we work with the local organizations. The churches and the clinics provide us with referrals for children who need uh, the care. The clinics provide us with the ARV medication for the children. And they provide us with the access to a doctor and a hospital because we do not have a doctor on our payroll. Like I said, we are able to provide the healthcare services and school support and uh, the Young Stars program to many children on a small budget because we work with all these organizations and partners. And in return, we refer our children to organizations that can provide skills training, vocational training, or some support as the children get older to these organizations. You're listening to the Edge of Adventure podcast. I'm Adam Asher, and my conversation with Alka Subramanian from Power of Love Foundation will continue in just a moment. But I wanted to take a quick second and invite you to join an amazing group of people in the new mobile app and community called Rugged Compass. If I were to describe Rugged Compass as an app, I'd say it's a bit of a blend. It's a lot like those other social media platforms. You can post pictures and videos. You can share links to things of interest. It has podcasts built in, and we even do live events in the app. But what really makes it special is the fact that this community is exclusively devoted 
to those who seek adventure and purpose, those who have a heart for the world, its culture, languages, its diversity, its people. If these are things that you care about, and I suspect you do, then you should join us in Rugged Compass. It's the social media network that matters, one that inspires, one without all the garbage. There's no cost to join, and you can download Rugged Compass from your app store, or you can look for it at ruggedcompass.com. That's ruggedcompass.com. Now back to my conversation with Alka Subramanian from Power of Love Foundation, as she shares a bit more about their amazing work in Zambia and in India, as we discover what really matters out here on the edge of adventure. Alka Subramanian is our guest today from Power of Love Foundation. She's the founder and executive director. You founded this organization in 2003, right? Yes. So we're looking at almost 20 years. Yes, we are looking at 20 years. So let me make, I'm going to ask you a very easy question. What have you learned in the last 20 years? Oh, that's, uh, uh, we actually, <laughs> and you'll say define small, but we feel that even a small NGO can make a big impact. We know that working with local partners is critical for the success of a grassroots organization. As I mentioned before, we work with churches, with government clinics, with uh, schools, because the schools provide us with the academic progress of the child and you know they allow us to meet with the teachers if the parents are unable to. We learned also that in order to have a long-term impact, it's really important to work closely with the government. And some NGOs feel that government organizations are slow to change, They do not accept new ways, but we think that's a myth. If we can work with the government, we can affect long-term change. Another uh, way we feel we are different is that, one, we feel that health is not an isolated issue. It's a combination of poverty, you know, lack of opportunity, lack of education, which all comes together, leads to poor health and the whole, you know, cycle goes on. So medicines need to be supplemented with food, with education, with training, and with skills uh, generation or women's empowerment programs. But finally, I think data uh, collection or data gathering is very important to us. So we try and gather data so that we can use the information to improve our work. Alka, there's a couple of other programs. Again, I just have to go back and point out how thorough this organization is, all of your efforts. I can see it as I've done my research, as I see the different programs that you have and that you've worked on and through. You approach this problem, as you just said, and all this stuff is interrelated, right? And so one of these projects affects the greater project as a part of the overall objective. So tell me about goats and tell me about trash. The trash program was a really fun project. We connected with a professor of chemistry in Nebraska, and he he had technology that made it possible for trash to be converted into window screens to prevent mosquitoes from entering the home and mosquito nets. We had a few workshops on the ground where we trained women in how to gather the trash, clean it, and make it uh, into window screens so that, you know, prevent the entry of mosquitoes during malaria season. We also trained the women in uh, 
you know, using this trash to make very attractive handbags, school bags, covering. And some of the material that we use was literally, you know, we buy thousands of nets every year for our malaria prevention program. And the packaging that those nets come in, I think you showed a couple of pictures earlier, and the white packaging that those nets come in, those can be used uh, in various ways to make school bags, to make covers for some of the shops that our women started. Uh, and this is a great picture of, you know, a marketplace where our women have uh, their businesses. So the Trash to Treasure project was a great project. So we trained the community in how to convert trash, which of course had several benefits in terms of cleaning up the neighborhood. It was environmentally uh, friendly and it generated an income for some women. And of course it saved them money because then they could make school bags or handbags. That's the trash. Now tell me about the goats. Oh, So we had uh, actually, uh, one of the communities gave us a spot of land to rear goats. And the idea with the goat farm was that with investment of a few resources, we could rear the goats and we trained our team. They were taking care of it uh, to rear the goats and uh, so that then they can be sold. And some of the earnings from the goats project could then be recycled back onto the programs so that the programs become more uh, self-sustaining. This is The Edge of Adventure, and that is the voice of Alka Subramanian, Power of Love Foundation founder and executive director. Alka, thanks so much for taking the time today as we get to know the Power of Love Foundation, your work in India and also in Zambia. I know the family and the community in both cases are very important and they are similar, but the roles they play are different. Let's take them one at a time. Let's first talk about the family. What does it mean to you and to Power of Love Foundation? when you talk about having a family or helping to ensure that the families are sustainable? Our goal really is family sustainability. So even in our women's empowerment or microloans program, our goal is family sustainability rather than maximizing repayment rates. And by family sustainability, I mean that we look at the family as a unit as opposed to just, you know, focusing on the child or the woman uh, to provide loans with. So, we uh, target the different family members with different programs. So you have the you know, pediatric HIV care for the child. We have education and training for the family members. Uh, we have the women's empowerment program for the woman of the house. And uh, we also have the mentoring program for children. But in addition to that, we realized that these families were using charcoal as a fuel. And char the charcoal stoves that they were using were generating a lot of smoke, which was impacting their health adversely. So we got a grant last year from a company in India, which got a grant from a Korean company, and we were able to provide clean cooking stoves to 8,100 families over the last few months. Now, when we got the grant, it was at the beginning of COVID, and it was like, oh my gosh, this is probably not the right time to get the grant. How am I even going to distribute these 8,000 stoves to families with COVID restrictions? But again, with the you know small gathering, social distance, and training and education, we were able, it took us longer than we anticipated, you know, we should, we could have provided those 8,000 stoves over six months, but it has taken us almost uh, 14 to 18 months to provide the stoves. But what the stoves did for the families was there was reduced smoke inhalation, which improved their health. They saved money on fuel because what the stoves required was just wood and paper, which was much cheaper and easily available as trash in the neighborhood as compared to charcoal. 
Cooking was easier, cooking times were reduced, friendly to Zambian cuisine and zero carbon footprint and friendly to the environment. So our families are really enjoying these stoves. So that's what I meant by family sustainability. It's complete healthcare with malaria bed nets, with the women's empowerment, children mentoring, clean cooking stoves, and uh, encouraging our children to come back and continue to adhere to their medications even after they have you know, left the program. What I'm trying to do now is also as children who have left the program and are you know, in between going to college, if they can come back and if they want to start businesses, that's what we are encouraging the children to do right now. Alka, what role does the community play? If you think of the community as a whole in the areas where you work, what role do they play in identifying the problems? In Africa, the two big institutions that are really important are is the church and the family. So the church members and the church pastors know which family requires more help. They are aware of the challenges that are being faced by a family or if a child is sick. So it's the church pastor who actually calls and says, okay, uh, Christopher, our nurse, he calls Christopher, our nurse, or one of our healthcare team and says, this child uh, looks a little unwell, has not been, is not responding to uh, medication, has had fever for so long. So can you, you know, take a look. And we take a look, we test the child, we provide support to the family. So communities are very much engaged. We are also engaged with the community because we constantly ask for their feedback on how to improve the program. For example, when we created the calling tree, when we switched from the home visits and face-to-face health monitoring to a telehealth type of model, we had to gather contact phone numbers for everybody. And we needed the help of the community to give us and help us create the calling tree in case somebody was not available on the phone right away. So these are the ways that the community is involved. More importantly, our families share their learnings with others. So the whole community becomes stronger. So you see a mom, you know, her child was unwell last week and within one month, the child is doing well, back in school, goes in a school uniform. That prompts the other families to ask questions. And this mom proudly says, look, I've started a business. The business training really helped me. I'm more confident. I'm not lacking in anything. Adam, these are women who, when they say they are not lacking in anything, what they mean really is, that they have the food and medicines and money to pay for rent and children are in school. No more than that. I've had women tell me, I am so happy because I can buy pots and pans. So these are pots and pans that they use every day for cooking and for some of them use them to, you know, make chicken, fried chicken or fritters for their business. So just simple needs are met and the women are so happy. Their lives are transformed and they're truly grateful. Alka Subramanian is my guest today from Power of Love Foundation. She's the founder and executive director. Look them up online at powerofloveorg Alka, what keeps you going? You know, <laughs> it's just, I mean, some, when I go to Zambia, some of the women as I'm chatting with, they'll say, Alka, look, I put on cheek, you know. So putting on cheek means putting on a little weight on your face. Is things are changing, but it's still a good thing. It means that they are eating well. They are going from, you know, not knowing where the next meal is coming from to two, three, two to three meals a day. Medicines they can pay for, they can pay for rent. Many of them move up to independent accommodation as, you know, opposed to being uh, dependent on relatives. Many of them build homes. Many of them have purchased plots. 
it's so encouraging and inspiring to see you know them buying okay i'm going to buy 10 cement blocks today and with the next loan i will my plan is to save to put the children in school and buy another 50 cement blocks i do want to share one story of a lady which doesn't go away from my mind so this lady who's not been to school she was struggling to put food on the table for her family and for her children when she received business training and she was on the younger side uh, i would say just between uh, 34 35 years old when she received uh, business training and she was trying to find uh, a business idea she was chatting with her husband who had a part time job in a car you know car garage which repairs cars and he said that at the right price the car garage owner may be willing to buy parts from her so this lady who's never been to school trekked all the way to south africa by bus crossed the border and came back with these heavy rods which went into the car parts and some adhesives which she was you know the supplier was ready to buy them at the right price so she discovered a supplier at the right prices and her family is doing well her children are in school there are like hundreds of stories of these women and children children who are now graduating high school and at the time of enrollment we didn't know if the child would make it they are being lab they you know they are going to university they want to be lab technicians they want to be nurses teachers just like our children everywhere alka you clearly love the people of zambia and the people of india and i suspect people everywhere if we were to get right down to it this is <laughs> kind of a part of who you are this foundation is named power of love foundation explain to me the power that love has it's literally the power of love which sustains a child it's not the food and the medications but it's the love and the caring that is really important so we strongly believe that if the child could stay with the family with the extended family that would be a better solution rather than pull the in fact in the beginning we were thinking of starting you know a home care or a residential facility for children but then we moved to the home care model which worked better in the cultural context of zambia and africa and the children are loved and cared for in a home environment and that's truly important for us there is something very powerful about love and this love that you have and your team has for the people that you work with for the communities for the families for the kids there in zambia and also in india if you were to give me a rough estimate how large is this team that you have so in zambia we have a staff of 10 people and they're truly dedicated to all our programs and i do want to give a shout out to my teams in zambia and india they're dedicated they love children and we couldn't do anything without them in the us we are a 100% volunteer based organization so we have no employees we have three or four volunteers who volunteer with us on a you know for several years or they go and come back our board is completely volunteer based we have an rn on the board she goes through all the call logs of the children the medical records of the children and make sure that some in some ways that's how our digital doctor uh, program works so we have a very small team in the us really it's the board and a few three or four volunteers 100% of funds raised from private donors go towards programs in zambia and india and we keep our overheads very low because we work out of our home offices 
Alka, I have two questions left, and then we'll wrap the interview. There's so much more, to, so much more. This is a very inspiring organization. You're doing great work both in India and in Zambia. So let's draw the interview, though, to a close with the following two questions, okay? Mm-hmm. What is next for Power of Love Foundation? That's something that we are actually working with right now. What we have found is that in addition to you know poor health, and uh, actually poor health is related to what we want to do next is we want to also work in the areas of mental health and maternal health in uh, resource poor communities and in the slum areas because mental health is a huge issues is a huge issue and covid has only brought that to the forefront and especially with our requirements with the hiv environment and the stigma associated with it mental health is huge and we want to add some programs that focus on mental health Another thing uh, that we are thinking of, uh, we, we've actually incorporated some of it already, is climate change has impacted uh, the poor communities disproportionately. For example, uh, and I was listening to the podcast, uh, the Yossi podcast in Madagascar, and even the Malawi podcast with the Abundance Project. Climate change impacts slums and resource poor communities disproportionately. So we want to incorporate some of the climate change activities going forward. Uh, some of it has already been incorporated because we are expanding the malaria nets program because, you know, with climate change, there may be more flooding and that leads to waterborne diseases and uh, growth of mosquito larvae. So we are ramping up our nets provision program in order to accommodate it and keep Zambia and India malaria free. Alka Subramanian is my guest today, Power of Love Foundation founder and executive director And it's been about 20 years, 19 years or so that she's been working in this capacity. And so I appreciate your time today, Alka, and your heart and your your, just the soul that you pour into this for all the people that you're involved with leading, the great people you get the chance to work with, and of course, the families, the communities, and the children whose lives are impacted. So let me wrap the show with a question. These philosophical ones are always the tough ones. Alka, why you why are you called to this work and why do you do it you know in some ways of course you know at the time that we started the organization i have three children all of them were young and i strongly believe that if you want to keep children all children healthy and there if there are two groups of children if you want to keep them safe and healthy both groups have to be safe and healthy rather than just the one group who's living in a certain part of the world And once we read more about the HIV and AIDS issues, the women's empowerment and the lack of education, that lack of opportunities for girls and young boys, I'm really doing it for myself. It gives me so much just joy. And I would just say I'm doing it for myself. And two, I don't know that I can do anything else anymore. I'm incapable of doing anything but working with our teams, both in Zambia and India and the children. I literally can't. I mean, I was a professor for several years in my past life, but I don't know that I can go back. I can't imagine you going back to being a professor either, Alka. I think you are doing what you should be doing and you're making a difference. And my request to the audience today, whether you're listening to the audio version or the video, watching the video version, my request is if this has struck a chord of some kind in some way, if you think to yourself, this is something I should be involved in. I'd like to come alongside Alka and her team and help in some way. My encouragement is do it. Reach out to them. Let them know that you heard the program here and that you'd like to find out a little bit more. 
encourage them in any way you can. And of course, I'm sure financial donations and support is always needed to make these sorts of things go around. Of course, it takes the finances and, and the donations and the gifts of people around the world who care about these communities in Zambia and India. So to find out more information and to give online all that good stuff, you can go to poweroflove.org. That's powerofLove.org. Great organization doing great things in Africa and also in India. Alka, thanks for joining us. Thank you for doing this and introducing so many organizations to people who care. It's my privilege. It really is. I'm thankful for you and for your leadership and now your friendship. So thank you. We'll be in touch. We'll have you back on in the future to give us an update. In the meantime, thanks for standing for those kids and those families and those communities. Absolutely. Thanks for your support, too. Thank you. My name is Adam Asher, and you've been listening to the Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media too. Just look for the hashtag, The Edge of Adventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure, where we go beyond status quo. Beyond status quo.